I'm Dane Espigard, and I'm honored to be able to introduce this episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives podcast featuring two of my favorite people in and out of the Cutco Vector business, Seth and Kelly Kinzer. Seth is one of the best natural salespeople that I've ever worked with. Seth's a constant student, always trying to level up. He's been at the heart of our growth in the North Star Division as well as the Central Region for the past decade plus. Seth is a perfect example of what somebody can do in any organization with the right level of energy, preparation, and also just planning in general. Kelly is just an all-around pro. She makes everything better and simpler, and she does it so smoothly. Every team needs a Kelly. She has a level-headed approach, and she has this, this understanding of how to work with every type of person to make all situations and relationships better. I feel privileged to have had the opportunity to know both of these individuals in the business before they were married, and also even more so now. And what I'm most excited about with these two as a married couple is they just had their first daughter, Olivia, and in 2040... February 2040, we'll have a brand new sales rep with the best DNA of any Cutco rep. It is my honor to bring to you Seth and Kelly Kinzer. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am with two of the greatest salespeople in the Cutco Vector Marketing Sales Organization today, Kelly and Seth Kinzer. Really excited to get to know you guys and be able to have this conversation. Kelly was number 24 in the company in 2021 at $521,000 in Cutco sales for the year. Seth was number five on the top 50 reps report with a staggering $911,000 in sales for the year. That's over 1.4 million combined for the two of you for the year. Seth is the number 13 rep in the history of Cutco with over 5.3 million in career sales. Kelly, number 61 with over 2.9 million in career sales. They live in Minnesota, are married with a small child now, 12-week-old Olivia. Seth, Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Yeah, uh, this will be fun. Seth, you started selling Cutco in 2009. Uh, you were first. So why don't you tell us about how you got into selling Cutco? Yeah. So very uh, serendipitous how it all happened because I was going for my sophomore and my junior year uh, at St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. And I wanted to get a job that would give me more life experience. I've been doing a lot of like yard work and odds and ends stuff and getting paid well, but not ultimately something that's going to build a resume. And uh, a couple weeks into the summer, the job that I had been interviewing for like, fell through, uh, didn't get it. And randomly, I get a call from uh, Vector Marketing and uh, Cutco Cutlery. And my buddy Connor had started selling Cutco. So I was a personal recruiter, personal recommendation of PR. And hey, your buddy said some, you know, said, said some good things to say about you. Would you like to come in for an interview? And I'm like, this is crazy. Like I literally been a pair request that like I could find a job that would that would give me a better experience. And so I was like, well, sure, I'll I'll go in and I'll I'll see what this is all about. And I remember sitting in the interview and I was the one that got to cut the leather. And I was like, man, even if I'm terrible at selling these, I'll get a really good set of knives for a really good discount. So <laughs> I'm in. And uh, you know, it started shortly after and it's been awesome. I can't imagine where my life would be right now if I hadn't 
hadn't gotten that call and hadn't gone in, you know, if, if something else, just one thing had been different. My whole life is, is changed because of this job. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> uh, we're, we're all so lucky to have found this job and, uh, in, in the various ways that we all did. So it's uh, cheers to Connor for recommending yeah. you to the job, right? Yeah. Awesome. Nice. So Kelly, for you, it was 2010 when -hmm. you started and uh, you were in Nebraska. Tell us about how you found Cutco. Yeah. So Seth seemed to have a good plan. I did not have a good plan. I was like uh, April, it was the week before finals. And I started thinking I could really use a job this summer. It was the summer after my sophomore year, I was going to uh, University of Nebraska, Omaha. And uh, I was walking through, you know, I knew I should look for something that hadn't really been on top of anything. I thought I might be a para for the summer school again. Uh, I just wasn't really sure. And, and then uh, I was walking through the student union one day after lunch. And uh, there's always people there, you know, handing out cards for one thing or another, you know, handing out flyers as you're walking through. And somebody handed me a little card and I looked at it and it said, you know, do you need summer work? And $15 per appointment base pay. And I literally walked kept going, walked to the trash can, threw it away, took about another five steps and then went, actually, I do need a job for the summer. And I went back and asked him for another card. He definitely seemed surprised because, you know, most people either take it and want it or throw it away. They don't come back and ask for another one. So, and then I uh, called later that day and set up an interview and went in and, and really was uncertain in the beginning. I, I thought this sounds like a good opportunity and I think I'd be good at it. So when I got hired, I remember I called my mom and said, I got accepted for this position. I'm so excited. And, and she goes, wait a minute, you're going to be going into people's houses and selling knives. And, you know, she's like, I don't know how comfortable I am with you going into other people's houses. And, uh, and I said, mom, I'm the one who's going to have the knives. Did you? Miss the <laughs> so there's a little uncertainty of how is this going to go? But uh, ultimately, you know, I had a great manager and, and a great group of people that I started working with and, you know, ended up having a great first summer. Nice. And your manager, your original manager was Dane Espigard, right? Yes. Yep. So that's back when he was, uh, he, I think he, he started in Wisconsin and then had moved down for the division manager opportunity. And, uh, and so he was in Omaha in the pilot and so that's who I started under and is yeah. now my manager again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, lucky you to be, to have been able to work with such a great, amazing Cutco legend right there, right from the start. Yeah. Um, so Seth, back to you, you had a great start on the job and a really big first summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about those early days for you. For sure. So it's funny because, uh, so I had a 10K fast start, which anyone in the Cutco world, like the premier mark, you know, when you're, when you're first starting, it's like, Hey, if you can sell 10, you know, 10 grand and, and the manager really, I had a great manager and he boiled it down and made it really simple. It was like, Hey, like do 40 appointments with qualified people and you'll sell 10 grand. And like, I don't know if I know, like, he's like, just do 40 appointments with qualified people, which remember qualified is owns a home over 30. You know, Mary, it's like, just do focus on the appointment number and not on the sales and like, it'll happen. And I remember leading training being like, I'm com- like, I'm a hard worker and I'm committed to, I, you know, I believe that the process works. And if you do the work, so I was like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know if I can sell 10 grand, but I can do 40 appointments. And so I remember working my tail off that first, my first 10 days and just grinding it out. Like when I wasn't on the, when I wasn't on an appointment, I was on the phone and um, I ended up completing 36 appointments, but What's interesting too is again, I, I ended up achieving the ten thousand dollars in sales, ten thousand one hundred thirty-six dollars. But my first four appointments, I the only thing I sold was a vegetable peeler. So I had a it was a no sale, no sale, vegetable peeler, no sale on my first four appointments. And so out of those thirty-six appointments I completed, what's crazy is I ended up having thirty or thirty-one sales. So like three of my five no sales came in those uh, in those first four appointments. So it's like. If at first you don't succeed, keep trying. You know, uh, was the lesson there. But then I ended up going on to having a, a ten thousand dollars SC two push, and then a ten thousand dollars SC three push. And I was definitely a uh, the push person during my first summer. Like I sold thirty three grand. So like it was basically like I sold during pushes, and then I recovered and revamped. And uh, <laughs> it's crazy how now now I'll have ten thousand dollars sales days, uh, which I remember how hard ten thousand dollars was back when I first started to sell. And you know now I've. I've been fortunate enough to to be able to refine my skills to a place where like I'm able to have ten thousand even even my, my best sales day ever is a twenty over twenty thousand dollars in sales in one day and it's like 
12 years ago, Seth would never believe that uh, possible. But it's like, again, when you, uh, when you do the work and you put in the time, you become an overnight success. So <laughs> I love what you just said about the 12 years ago, Seth would have never thought some of the things you're doing now were possible. And yet you started out doing really, really well, but you've obviously elevated your game to a level that is just so, so, so much higher. And 31 for 36 mm-hmm. when you're in your fast start. I still yeah. remember my fast start stats, Seth. I was 23 for 29 nice. in my fast start. But you ready for this? A whopping 2,640 CPO. Hey, need some CPO for the rest of us, Dan. <laughs> oh, that's it's, awesome. It's different, it's different when the uh, when the price is lower. You know, it's like they'll <laughs> never know. You know like, hey, watch it, watch it, watch it. You're starting to tread on some uh, dangerous ground here. So nice. Well, it was cool to hear uh, that you had a big first summer. Got off to a great start right out of the gate, Kelly. I know your story is a little bit different at the outset, but that you eventually reached very similar levels of success. And tell us about your early days uh, in the, you know, selling Cutco and just how you learned and improved as a sales rep. Yeah, I was definitely not as outgoing as Seth was. Uh, Even to this day, I'm still not as outgoing as Seth is, but especially in college, I was, I was quite introverted and I sold, and I also started my fast start was during my finals week. And I, I definitely had a pretty heavy course load. So that's kind of the way it fell. You know, I got squeezed in for training right before my finals week. So I, unlike you guys, do not remember how many appointments I did. I know it was not a ton. I was squeezing them in kind of where I could, but uh, I did a fair amount of appointments, but I sold $1,200 during my fast start. So I got you both beat there. And, you know, I think it was just a combination of, Kind of uncertainty. I, I I kind of followed the script, but you know, I, I wasn't a hundred percent confident in myself or really in the script as well. Like I definitely got nervous being in front of people. So didn't do great. You know, wasn't seeing the most qualified people. So definitely didn't have a huge fast start. But the thing that I really I really took away was I I really liked the Cutco product. I really liked the culture of people that I was being introduced to and that I was around within Cutco, both Dane as a manager, the other, you know, managers in the office, and then just other reps that I got the opportunity to interact with. And I could tell that this was something that I could get better at. It just needed some just because I wasn't good at it naturally didn't mean I couldn't ever be good at it. And so I was just a student of the business that first summer, you know, every single day, you know, I'm calling in to, to give my manager updates on how my appointments were going. I was coming into every team meeting, every Saturday morning, 8am workshop that was offered every kickoff conference. Once we had the um, SC2 10k Alliance, you know, we had 7am meetings every morning and all day call days and every phone jam, you know, I was there at the office just committed to doing the job the right way and, and following, you know, what Seth said, just what the manager plan was and kind of what was laid out that this is the path to success. So slowly over time, I field trained with lots of people, other reps in the office that were getting good results, even that had started after me, you know, I was not I was not too proud in any way to say, okay, I can go learn from this person who's getting... In fact, some of them were, how is that person selling more than me? You know, <laughs> So they don't even know what they're doing, even less than I do. So it was really helpful for me to just see other people and just keep slowly learning how to get better at the job and getting more confidence in myself, getting more confidence in the process that works, watching somebody who you know didn't seem very bright, just go in and read the script and sell a homemaker. I said, oh my gosh, like I just, I need to be reading the script and you know, selling a homemaker. I don't know why I'm trying to reinvent the wheel here. So just over the course of the summer, by the end of it, I was starting to have success and I had a great summer the whole time. You know, I, I didn't have the uh, pop-off that Seth did, but I, you know, I really found a home within Cutco and just loved the, the people that I was around and, and the opportunity that I had. Yeah. I love that you guys have two different stories of that first summer because most of the people listening will be able to connect to one or the other of those stories. There's a lot of people that get those big fast starts and go out and have the huge summers. And of course, there's a whole lot more that start out a little bit, you know, more on the, on the, uh, side of what you're describing Kelly and, and ultimately learn how to get better, improve as they're going along and then wind up having a great experience for the summer or whatever length of time they're with us. And so it's uh, definitely cool to hear that you're, you've both had different types of starts. Now, I mentioned that you know, you've know you both ultimately have become two of the greatest salespeople in the company. And so uh, you've taken different paths to get there. Beyond those early days, Kelly, tell us a little bit about what you feel are some of the biggest keys to your enduring success over the years. Yeah. So since then, I've been in Cutco 
12 years now. So I would say the things that have kind of continued, a lot of them really started that first summer, you know, just a strong work ethic, just continuing to get better. Because once you kind of start to, you know, I don't even think you have really mastered your demo, but once you start to get on that path of mastery of your, of your in-home demo, you know, then I was at the point where I was starting to do shows and events. And there was a whole nother world of things to learn. When I was in the CGC program for a while and now working with a lot of businesses and business gift program. And so there's always something new to be learning and something to always be able to keep challenging yourself with. So I've really stayed committed to that. I'm consistently listening to talks and messages. I'm field training. You know, even now it's it's not just I'm gonna go field train with someone in my office, but it's I'm flying across the country to field to spend my own money to go, you know, field train with one of the top people in our company in an area of the business that I want to get better at. So I've continued to just be a student of the business and learn in every possible way that I can each of those components, you know, that I want to be involved with each layer of the business. And just a focus on personal development in addition to within Cutco and and trying to improve myself there outside of Cutco as well, because your business is never going to, you know, exceed your own level of personal development. So I've been in multiple different coaching groups. You know, I've paid lots of money for different coaches, gone to different conferences, gone to Tony Robbins, read a lot. So, you know, those kinds of things also just learning how to better prioritize things, how to manage my schedule better, how to be more productive, how to be more social and interactive with people. You know, it's not something that comes as naturally for me as it does for Seth. So learning how to build rapport better with people and things like that really do make a big difference. So I've I really stayed committed to that throughout the years and continue to have a strong work ethic. There's really, you know, for so many years we were both of us, I would say we're just road warriors, you know, just what show can I get my hands on? How it doesn't matter how far away this service call is, like if it's you know a good opportunity, I'm gonna go drive to it, just focusing on expanding my customer base and really just trying to maximize every opportunity that was in front of me. So looking at looking at really what could I be doing with this time, with this year, with this layer of the business, how can I really grow? So we've, you know, both of us have grown in sales almost every year, except for 2020 was the one year we didn't. But otherwise, aside from that, you know, it's always saying, how can I do less, but how can I do more? You know, maybe do it more efficiently and in a structure that fits better and a schedule that fits better. But you know, how can I be selling more and how can I continuously be improving, you know, just consistently. So yeah. I'd say that's a big one. Nice. I love the focus on personal development as a part of your answer. That's obviously what I've been all about in this company for since the early days of being a manager is that uh, through personal growth, we begin to achieve more of the things that we want, both inside the business and outside the business, that that has to be a part of our process. It's not always just learning you know, how to be better at selling, but it's also learning how to be better at life. And in bringing that approach to others in my organization, I think has helped me to build a big team and retain people and create a, a great culture. So I'm happy to hear you describe that that's been a major part of your success as well. So you started out for the early days, you were doing mostly in-home type of work, demos, service calls, et cetera. As you went along, you evolved into events, right? Fairs and shows. Yep. And then as you continue to go to move up the ranks, you worked on some CGC business gifts those things as well. So you've, you've brought all the tools into play that there are, you know, well, not all the tools, but most of the tools into play that there are to be able to be a well-rounded Cutco sales rep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And who have been some of your key influences within the Cutco business? Ooh, good question. Uh, well, Seth, first and foremost, <laughs> I don't want to give away, you know, kind of our story of meeting, but my desire to learn from other top sales reps around the country is really what, what led me to contacting Seth and for us to have built a relationship. So I would say Seth is really the person who has been the most influential for me in so many ways, both professionally and personally, just in my own development. Dane Espigard, you know, is somebody that really in those early days, I feel like mentored me so well when I was still doing in-home things. And when I had a lot of uncertainties about whether Cutco was the right path for me forever, you know, even though I said, oh, I've had a great two years here, you know, now that I'm, now that I'm graduating, you know, from my undergrad, am I going to get a quote unquote real job, you know, or is there a path for me as a professional career woman here in this world? And so there were things like that, that I kind of found myself at a crossroads and was unsure of where I wanted to go. And, and Dane never uh, pushed me in any direction, but really just 
asked a lot of questions and always showed me opportunities that maybe I didn't know were there and really just kind of kept me on this path where, you know, here I am years later and and can't imagine doing anything else. So I would say Dane has been a, a great person there. And then as far as just personal sales, I would say, again, Seth has been a top one. I coached with Brandon Brown a few years ago. I continuously work with and learn from Josh Muller. Uh, I, I have the pleasure since I lived in Dallas for about six years of working a lot of events with him. So I'm more formally coaching with him this year, actually, with he, him and Luke and, and Rob Robinchek, who are all people that I've learned a lot from. But I've gotten the pleasure of working with Josh for many years, and he's been incredibly influential just in the things that I pick up from him consistently. And then, you know, this year, obviously coaching with Rob Robinchek, just learning so much more about the business gift layer. That's a huge component that, you know, it's kind of a, a new world, a new challenge, something I'm not as familiar with, and I'm trying to become more well-versed in. So Rob obviously is somebody who's just crushing it with business gifts. So I'm learning a lot from him on that front. Yeah. Excellent. Love that you've taken the time, made the effort to really dig in with and learn from some of those, uh, those superstar Cutco sales reps. How about for you, Seth? You're number 13 all time on the Cutco sales list. That is immense to think about, right? I mean, the names that surround you on that list are legends in the Cutco business. And you're right there. And $911,000 in sales in 2021. I would love to have our audience be able to kind of get into the mind of one of the greatest salespeople in Cutco. And you know, what are some of your superpowers as a Cutco sales rep? Yeah. One, thanks for the kind words. It definitely uh, didn't happen overnight. Again, I, I joke about that, but it's like, you know, I've worked 13 years on my craft to be an overnight success. And um, it's, it really is, it's a craft and it's something that I kind of glossed, uh, glossed over this. But as I'm hearing Kelly give her responses, like what's funny is like, again, I achieved a high level of success right away, but I did the exact same things. Like I was really committed to the product. Like I went to every single Saturday morning workshop and I like, I'm constantly a sponge. I, I'd say there's there's very few people that I can think of in our business that have done as much cross training. Like Kelly's up there with me, but like I've done as much cross training and like invested as much money personally to like fly across the country, spend time out of my business, learning from the best people. And I mean, I remember this is probably eight years ago, like during the CSP push, when it's like there's all these huge prizes you could be winning. I chose to take a week out of my schedule to go down and learn from Jason because that's when he sells the very most. And he's in the last five years, he's pretty much been the number one rep for that push every single year. And he sells anywhere from 60 to over 120 grand. And it's Jason Jeffrey. Jason, Jason Jeffrey. Yeah. Sorry. And it's like, I took that time out of it because I was like, Hey, like, where am I going to see him at its very best? Like obviously during this time. And so investing into myself and in my business and in my, into the craft that is Cutco, like in each year, like, you know, from 2011, when I, when I first started selling full-time, after I graduated, which I was, uh, I did this, you know, summer sales the first year, second year, I was a branch manager. I had a great experience and I learned a ton about myself. Uh, it was great personal development, very challenging. I succeeded at a, an okay level there, uh, but I really realized it made me realize where my passions really were, which was in sales. And, and again, like I can develop myself and I can grow my capacity so much faster. That's just my strength. And so one of my superpowers being just like the ability to quickly connect with people and being very genuine, but then saying, cool. Some people go, oh, like I have the gift of gab. And I'm like, well, how can you take the gift of gab and make that like productive? Right. And so learning how, hey, if I'm having a if I'm having a 15 minute if I have 15 minutes of this customer's time, how can I maximize that amount of time with them? You know, I, you know, which I primarily do fairs and shows. And every year it's like after about three years in the business, I realized like I can't work anymore in the business. Like I'm already, I'm like, I already work a ton. I love what I do. So it doesn't feel like work, but I'm still like, I only have so much time. So if I want to keep growing my sales, which again, uh, outside of 2020, I, I'm, you know, I'm something I'm proud of. Like I've grown my sales every single year. And even in 2020, where I lost all my events, other than, you know, I'd done like two or three home shows, I still was able to sell over 550 grand. And that was just over the phone, over email, doing sharp, some sharpening events on a few federal bases. It's it's you know it's like I was able to create that because of all the work I had done for years to build a customer base. So I had a book of business I could fall back on and I could work and all those relationships. And for me, I get you know I've found one of my one of the key things is again serving customers at a high level, doing things right, like having a standard. Whether it's whether I'm working with Kelly's customer. Bert Wick's customer, John Clovey's customer, like when I'm working at the booth and I, you know, somebody comes up and they identify themselves as, 
as Dan's customer, it doesn't matter whose customer they are. They're a Cutco customer and they get my very best every single time and my intentionality and my focus and my skill set. And so it's every year, it's like from 2011, as like the first year, I was focused on new customers because new customers are the lifeblood of our business and like perfecting that and really honing that, that demo. And a lot of times I'll tell, I'll tell reps, it's like, hey, if you're getting, you know, Sometimes reps will ask me like, hey, like I'm getting this objection when I'm closing. Like what, you know, how do I handle that objection? I go, well, you handle that in the demo, right? The demo is, is like what does that. So how can you tighten up your demo so that like, again, if you're getting this kind of value objection at the end, well, that's an indication your demo needs to be worked on. So really always going back and again, you've never arrived. It's always, again, who's doing what I'm, what I'm doing, but they're doing it better. So, you know, one year it was focused on ups- upselling and upserving, you know, customers. And I, I, you know, I trained with Josh Muller on that. And then another year was selling to past customers. I trained with Jason on that. I trained with Curtis JQs probably eight to 10 times. And again, it's, how can I be hungry and be humble always and just keep asking for help and keep investing in myself? You know, again, every single conference, I'm still there. Even though a lot of times I'm like I'm I'm speaking at the conference, I'm still at the talks, listening and taking notes versus you know outside chatting or chatting in the back. Again, being a sponge, and multiple people will tell you this. Like it's really funny listening to me because when you listen, you're like, oh my gosh! If you've trained with Josh Muller, Curtis, Jason, like you'll hear versions of them come through in my demo. They're like, oh, like I've heard that before. Like that's exactly what so and so says. And when I'm giving a talk, I'm just like, it's like a an encyclopedia of like uh, work work cited. Like, hey, I learned this from this person. I learned this from this person. Like, it's just best practices, and it's like, how can I how can I bring as many best practices to my my skill set and my and then how can I keep tightening and honing it and getting better at it and getting more efficient at it? It's like every year, I'll pick a new topic to tackle, whether it's cookware, flatware, gadgets and accessories, packages, bundle deals, Cutco kitchens, just even like the skill set of selling an ultimate set. You know, just things like that, where I was like, hey, I want to be, if I'm doing a demo for somebody, how can I sell them $3,000 at one time versus starting them at 1600 and trying to upsell them to 3000 How can I just do a demo and sell them three grand? And I made it a focus. And within three years, I was over the last couple of years, I've been in the top three every single year for ultimate sales for the year. You know, with last year, I think I sold those like over $150,000 in just ultimate sales. Right. And so that's how I'm able to grow my sales exponentially every year. And I was really proud. I, you know, just dreaming big, thinking big, and uh, and having an abundance mindset. Like, there's so much, so much CPO out there available to people, and just never, never saying like, oh, is there going to be enough? Or like, oh, like should I be trying to focus on like this person is doing? I'm never focused on what other people are doing because I can't control that. I'm like, hey, what can I do? How can I show up for my customers? How can I be the best version of myself? I, I set a goal last year when I was going to my state fair schedule. I had 31 days at the booth. I mean, it's 33 anyway, and I was like. I want to average $10,000 a day. So it was, it was, it was, it was 33 days. I wanted to average $10,000 sale days. And my very first day and my very first day there, I had like, I sold like 2,400 bucks. I was like, not a great start. <laughs> and I, and I said, Hey, it doesn't matter. Cause I know I've been doing this long enough. I know that the numbers aren't going to break down to $10,000 a day. It's going to like, I'm going to have some $2,000 days. and I'm going to have some $20,000 days. Just focus on on the process and focus on showing up as the best version of myself, bringing the energy, bringing the the enthusiasm and excitement, serve customers at a high level, and the results will take care of themselves. And by the end of that fair, I was a little bit above $10,000 in sales, average days. And the next fair, I hit it. And the last fair, I hit it. And I sold 333 grand in 33 days. And, uh, And it's like, again, 13 years ago, Seth, Worked his tail off to somehow scrape together ten thousand dollars in sales when he knew nothing. He was just ignorance on fire, but he he kept putting in the work and he kept showing up. And that's where it's like you're bound to succeed if you keep doing the right things right and you keep showing up. You just can't fail. Yeah, I love Seth how you described different facets of what makes a great sales rep and how you've dug into each of those individually over the years. Like you've worked on mastering your demo, right? And getting the demo skills all correct. So you're handling objections before they come up by and large. You've worked on upselling, right? And you dug in with Josh Muller about that. You've worked on how to sell to past customers, right? And you've studied that from guys like Curtis and, and others. And then other different areas as you've gone along, you've just taken different areas, you've dug in and you've worked at it. You've worked at your craft, as you said, right? To be able to master these areas. and that's what suddenly results in this 
quote, overnight success, right? It's, it's this process of digging in and working on the different areas of the business. And it, it cannot lead anywhere but great success when somebody approaches the business in that manner. So it's very cool to hear how you've done that. Thank you. So when and how did you guys meet? Who wants to tackle that one? You can well, start how we well, met. Yeah. So 2011 in January, there's an incentive trip and we met there because uh, Dane was her manager and we met on the trip and like, it was really funny because we were, we ran in the same circle of, of friends and we were like fast friends right away. And just, we would see each other, like we became friends right away, had a great time there, like really nothing romantic at all. And uh, not even interest really. I mean, not, not to say anything bad, just no, no interest. No interest. And it was... You know, we would see each other at conferences, uh, you know, a couple times a year. There was one or two events that we'd kind of over, we, we'd see each other at like in later years, like Iowa State Fair. And um, we always just had a really good, really good time together and like really good friends and very similar sense of humor. Typically, we, we often joke about this. Kelly will, will think of the same exact same thing as me, whether it's a zinger or something, some, some clever comment. She'll have that response about a, a second after I do. So typically, she's always coming with that really great zinger right after me. So the introvert yeah. thinks a little more before exactly. their mouth opens up. Exactly. So not all mine land as, uh, but I'm willing to put out a lot more content, uh, so to speak. So, but yeah, we were just we were really good friends right away. And and Kelly's somebody that again, because being more introverted, it's it's really really fun to see our our friendship grow, but also just like people get to know her more because a lot of people think of her as like this this kind of sweet shy, quiet girl. And then like, all of a sudden she'll like do a clever zinger out of the left field. And they're like, Whoa, what? Like, you're funny. Like I didn't, I had no idea. Kelly, you want to jump in here and tell us a little bit about how your relationship has developed over the years? Yeah. So, uh, like Seth said, obviously friends first for many years. And then I really just got to the point where I was kind of calling him regularly, asking him for co advice, basically, you know, just kind of as a friend and and he's a really great teacher. And, and so we're on the phone a lot, just talking Cutco. And then we just found ourselves on the phone for longer and longer and longer, just talking about life and, you know, personal stuff and how things are going. And we just got to a point after a few months of that, uh, it was about early 2018 that uh, I was the one who actually admitted uh, he calls it my embarrassing confession of love. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, said that I liked him and basically asked him out and so we decided to try the long distance thing because I was living in Dallas and he was living in, in uh, Minneapolis. So we, uh, we ended up dating long distance for a little over a year. And then he proposed in April of 2019. And then uh, we got married September of 2019. And, uh, and I moved up, we were kind of, we got married right in the middle of state fair season. So we had one weekend off, we all, we got married and then went back to work. And then I moved up about a month later. And then uh, COVID hit, and then we were really stuck together then. <laughs> so for, for a couple that hadn't spent more than two weeks together, we got a lot of face-to-face -face time during COVID. So <laughs> so yeah, that's really kind of how we evolved into, I guess, where we're at now. And then we just had our first baby March 6th of this year of 2022. March 6th is my daughter's birthday as well. Oh, yeah. No it's way. a good birthday. Yeah. Very nice. I like Our baby it. was two weeks late. Her original due date was February 20th. So we were waiting around for a long time for her. So I'm glad ours, she finally made her appearance. Ours was about two weeks early. Oh, really? So, so <laughs> there you go. So I'm sensing the same like overnight success principle here as uh, your sales career, right? You guys dated for only a year, overnight success, but it was this, you know, 10 years of building a friendship, right? Or maybe six years of building a friendship that kind of went into that that enabled that you guys to move so fast after you, you started dating. So uh, yeah. pretty cool. Once we so. started dating, uh, we definitely, we knew we were kind of serious from the beginning, right? Because we already knew there was no, oh, we'll get to know you and tell me about your family. We already knew all that stuff. So once we were dating, it was for real and we both knew it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. So what's it like, you know, working together, being married, having a child, how do you balance it all? How do you, Complement each other's strengths. Like, tell me a little bit about how it's going. Yeah, I'll tell you. It's going all right, I guess, so far. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. It's great. Just obviously finding your 
life partner is, is fantastic, you know, no matter what they do or, you know, what career path or how you find them, but being able to be married to someone who is just your best friend and favorite person, but then you also get to work with them just makes it better. And thank goodness too, that we like each other so much because we're around each other a lot. So it's really great. We count ourselves very lucky and very blessed, especially for doing the the goofy knife job and you're on the road and you're at these state fairs for 12 hour days. It's really nice that we have similar schedules and like we can kind of pick and choose what we want to participate in. And a lot of things we're able to overlap on. We're able to go work this state fair together. So that's that's a really cool thing that now we even get to bring our daughter with us and bring our mother-in-law to babysit during some of that time. But you know, she gets to go on the road with us and we rent a big Airbnb. So we're excited about figuring out how that's all going to work together. But I think we have a pretty good plan. But in most ways, we work really well together. You know, we we have an assistant who works for both of us. And so I really work closely with her to help make sure our stuff is getting done. Admin work is taken care of. Marketing is put together, keeping service events scheduled. And, and so I'm definitely better at planning, at scheduling, at kind of creating, creating system structure, keeping our businesses kind of running and functioning appropriately. And I'm like, Hey, you have a service event coming up in three weeks. So we need to get the marketing out for it. And Seth goes, Oh, really? <laughs> Yes, that would be important. <laughs> we should do that. Yes. And then I put together the marketing, get it done. But then, you know, Seth, obviously from the beginning has given me amazing sales coaching, advice with customers, helping me with my booth layout and my visual display. He'll come over, you know, and, and look at my setup and he'll go, oh, we got to fix all of this. No, no, no. We got to rearrange everything. Uh, and he'll say, oh my gosh, your cookware has so many smudge prints on it. We got to fix this. So he uh, he helps me with the sales stuff, which is great. He'll we we are fortunate enough to get to work together in the booth quite a bit at a lot of our different events. And you know, after an interaction, he'll walk over and say, "Hey, I noticed that you were struggling with this objection. I had to handle this in the future. You know, I would I would frame it this way." Or sometimes usually, he'll just usually there's some positivity in there too. Like, <laughs> "Hey, great job, awesome job on the sale." Also, (laughs) (laughs) or sometimes he'll just jump in. If I'm talking to a customer, he's like, Hey, I'm actually uh, Kelly's husband. And uh, I wanted to throw something out there. Here's something that's great for us in our kitchen and why we love this set. So, you know, we have a really good give and take at the booth, which is great. Seth is definitely more of the sales leader. And, uh, and I'm definitely more of the uh, business leader, I would say. So because of that, you know, that that's helped us really build our businesses successfully together and kind of benefit from both. That's great. I love hearing that. Seth, you got uh, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, that's been one of the one of the most fun things. I mean, that was really again like how our our fr- where I noticed our friendship really blossoming and again like the advice more is just like Iowa State Fair, you know, 5 6 years ago, we would we were working together quite a bit and it was, you know, it's like she would oftentimes ask like, "Hey, was there anything else like I got I don't know, like if if a customer gets away, it's like there's different you know, oftentimes fail- failures are best feedback. You know, when you have uh, when you make a sale, it's really hard to get like it's it's hard to see like hey like how can I be getting better? And so oftentimes though, again, celebrating the successes when we had them, and then also like hey like what else could I have done better? Or you know what could I what could I what could I tweak here? Or she oftentimes is reminding me to like talk slower, and uh, I oftentimes get so enthusiastic that I start going faster and faster. And, you know, she is, you know, very even keeled, but it's been really fun. And, and especially like we would, we would make wagers, especially when we were dating, it was, it was great because we could, we would make sales wagers. And sometimes we would kind of handicap it to make it a little bit more fair. We'd be like, okay, we'll take my best seven days and then your worst seven days. So you have to throw out your, your, your top four and I get to throw out my bottom four. And then we, you know, we knew I could never just beat Seth pound for pound. So we had to make it fair a little bit. So we, we had a handicap in there, but customers love it. Cause when they're like, Oh, I'm going to think about that set. You know, I say, okay, here's the deal. My boyfriend is working at the other booth over there and we have a sales wager. And like, I just cannot lose to him again. Whoever loses has to treat the other person with steak dinner. So like, if I could just get you an extra deal on the set, it would really help me out. Like I'll hook you up. I want this dinner from him. And I just want the, you know, the glory of being the one who wins. So, you know, customers get tied into that stuff. So we like to, we like to have fun with it, which is the best way to work. And again, the more you can, the camaraderie of it is, is fun. And again, making it something where it's not a, uh, it's not sort of mean spirited. Like I got to beat her. It's like, it's, it's fun. And like, you know, now our sales wages are like, Hey, like, obviously it's the same bank accounts. So it doesn't really matter like who pays for dinner. So it's more now what we'll actually do is like the loser has to, you know, has to make and clean up like a, like a nice dinner. So normally it's very give and take, like we'll be either cooking it together 
or cleaning it, you know, it's like if one person cooks, the other one cleans. Like, so whoever, you know, the loser has to like make and clean up dinner all by themselves. And uh, the other person just gets to, you know, put up their, you know, put up their feet and drink wine. And, and so it's, it's fun. And again, it gives that, gives the customer that one extra like reason, like that you're doing this extra special deal. And so the more, you know, advice, I guess I would give people is like, the more you can find external motivation and things to share with customers. Again, people love helping people. And I remember this whole idea, I think, you know, stemmed from a, a wager that Kelly had. We were at the State Fair of Texas. We were right next to a booth that sold edible bugs. And there was a scorpion that John Carpenter, uh, who's the DVM down there, he was more than willing to sponsor this. He, he, would, he would buy them. They're like 25 bucks. But there was a scorpion and, and Kelly and Luke Mills had a sales wager. And the loser for the sales day had to eat the scorpion. <laughs> And it was so And funny. I had never, I mean, like Luke was just on another level. And I was like, there, we're working on a Wednesday. And I said, there's no way I'm going to outsell him. I've never outsold him a single day. We've worked together at this event for years. Like, it's just not going to happen. But I was so committed to not eating that scorpion. I literally had it and I would show every customer. I'm like, I am going to hook you up with a crazy deal because I don't want to eat this. And <laughs> what's funny is customers got so tied into it. They're these, you know, this lady's like, Luke, you're going to have to eat this bug. We just bought a set, you know, and we had two customers at the same time we were selling to. And, and my customer hears that's, that uh, Luke's customer is buying a signature. And she goes, oh, well, if we want you to win that wager, we better buy the ultimate. And I was like, yes, you should for sure. At the end of that day, Luke sold 7,000 and I sold 11,000. And it was amazing. It was perfect. But it was like the biggest Wednesday that like has been, has happened, you know, at, at that point, maybe, you know, it's like at the State Fair Texas and then it both happened in the same booth and it's a random Wednesday and there's no reason other than intentionality. And again, that goes back to the more we can do that with customers. Again, people love being part of something that's bigger than them. And so having fun too. I mean, that's, that's the lesson. It's like, the more you have fun with your customers and you're just a real person with them. Like again, Kelly showing that it was really funny because all of Kelly's customers were like, we're going to do that. Like, let's just do it, honey. Like we don't want her to eat the scorpion. And all of Luke's customers would like come over like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Just... We bought from Luke, but we really wanted the knife set. I hope you, I hope you win though. Like it's really funny. Again, like people love, they love a story like that. And again, the more you can have fun and just be a real person with them and, Again, we you know we have a quirky job, but it's it's something that's really it, it can be very impactful and also very memorable. So just have fun, you know. It's like again, changing life, selling knives. It, it sounds silly, but it's like again, some of my best friends in, in in my life right now, my best mentors even have come from this job and uh, the relationships I've built and just even like the customer relationships. It was really funny. I had a, a guy come over yesterday to give me a quote on landscaping, and he goes. And I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. Like, I just, I, he was a referral to me. And he goes, oh, yeah, I've actually met you before at the state fair. He's like, my mom buy, buys knives from you. And my, like, there's a joke in her house, like, oh, your, your Cutco boyfriend, Seth, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like the mom's like obsessed with the knives and just like, like, you know, loves me. And she, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like she gets text messages from you and, you know, the emails and she loves it. You know, she was like, you should barter Cutco for the landscaping. Like, these are amazing. And so it's just, it's awesome. Like in the life we can build doing this, not your standard typical job, but you know, wouldn't trade it for the world. Outstanding. I love it. I love it. I'm going to have to ask Luke Mills about eating the scorpion one day. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> what are some of your guys' future goals? Yeah, that's probably the hardest question, right? Yeah. <laughs> for us, Cutco has really been like a great vehicle for building the life of our dreams. One, just with the, that, you know, we've been able to buy, we were fortunate to buy the house in 20, 2019 before, but we were able to buy a really beautiful house, mm-hmm. remodel the whole thing before we moved in, been working on landscaping, updating, doing stuff like that, traveling. It's like for us, we have a goal of just making life and travel a lifelong thing and something that like we want to expose our children to very, very early and, and really creating and kind of curating uh, the life of our dreams through this job. And that's the nice thing is with the flexibility of being an entrepreneur, Cutco is the vehicle right now for just making money as, as quickly as possible so that we can, you know, invest in things. And we, we kind of have goals where it's like, Hey, like let's save up X amount so that we can do the next, you know, the next big chunk uh, that we want to invest in, whether it's real estate or we've invested in some different funds. And it's really cool that we can, you know, have savings goals and investment goals and, and cut because the vehicle for, for getting us the income. And it's like, we've gotten really good 
at selling knives. So how can we do that more and more effectively and faster? And and again, start start maybe cutting out little things here and there. Like I'm like, hey, maybe I'm not going to go work that little two day festival anymore. Maybe I'm going to focus, but I'm going to focus my energy on getting a little bit better so that I can when I work my state fair, I can more than make up for those sales. So our our life definitely looked different than it did 10 years ago when we were truly road warriors. And that's one piece of advice. I'd be like to any young person starting out, like put in the work. You know, like a lot of a lot of cutco reps, they kind of pride themselves on how little they work. And I'm like, that's great if if you've gotten to a point in your business where you can sell two, three, four, five hundred thousand and have X amount of days off. But it's for me, it's like when somebody asks me, like, how much do you work? You know, like, how many days a year do you work? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, I work my business like a business. I'm an entrepreneur and I travel a ton, but I love, I love who I travel with, whether it's coworkers or my wife. And I love what I do. So even when I'm working, it feels like, uh, it feels like fun. And I oftentimes will use, if I'm going down to Texas to, to work, like I'm going to do, I'm going to go visit my sister and I'm going to go, you know, take, I'm going to take some days off and I'm going to put some travel on, on either end. So for me, you know, Cutco is really the vehicle for us to kind of keep building and, and keep curating our life around what we do. And, uh, as we build our family, I mean, eventual goals, like we, we have, we have one and, you know, I think we would love to have two, three, maybe five more, yeah, yeah, no, two, six, three, maybe nope, four. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, I'll uh, I'll I'll stop you right there, Seth. Before I let you go any further, but well, and what Seth is talking about, you know, obviously like the financial goals and the work goals, we have those, and you know, we love the opportunity that Cutco has because there really is no limit. You know, there's no ceiling with every new program that comes out, and every year that we get better, and every event that we improve upon. You know, there's just there's more and more sales opportunity, income opportunity. So it really there's really no ceiling. It's it's what we want to do with it and how much we want to work, which is great. But you know, even just life goals, I used to have a lot of questions about, okay, with this crazy job where I'm on the road for, you know, I'm going to work a state fair for 11 days and in Des Moines or in Dallas, where does a kid fit into that? And how do we, how do they go to school? And, you know, I had so many questions about how I could build a a life that I wanted with kind of the Cutco job. You kind of know if you work a nine to five, how your life is going to work. But with the Cutco stuff, there's more to kind of figure out. And so I'm really grateful that really over the last year, we've come up with we just come up with a lot of answers to those questions of we now see how I can work less. I'm not going to be at the level of, of working that I once was, but with Cutco, I can really work part-time. Most jobs, you don't have that opportunity. You either work full-time or you have to quit that job. To me, I can I can say, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna scale back you know, the time that I'm working by 30% you know, or 40%. And I want to be home more with our baby. I don't want to be... We don't want to be dropping her off in daycare. I want to be home with her. So, so how can I work my schedule in a way that is conducive to that? So the great thing is I can do a lot from home now because we have so many past customers. We can do a lot together. We can do the busy times throughout the year kind of blocked off, but otherwise I can just work less. I can just say no to more events and to other opportunities because that's just not the priority anymore. So I can really kind of scale back to a level that makes sense for us and for our income. And then we can also travel with Seth, right? So that's a nice thing too. If he's He's going to, you know, North Dakota for for eleven days to work the state fair, and you know, Olivia and I are going to go with him for part of that. So it's great that we can we can travel with him uh, on things, and then we can travel together. And you know, we're going to bring our mother in law, and she's going to come with us to some of the state fairs and watch the baby. And then, you know, down the road, we really have a goal of homeschooling our kids, which you know, I I wouldn't have said, you know, a couple of years ago when we got married, I said, I know your mom homeschooled all eight children. Just so you know, that's not me kind of thing. So don't even get that in your head. But here we are a few years later. And that's really the thing that makes the most sense for our family is, you know, I can homeschool them. We can have our own schedule. We can be traveling when we need to. We can be on the road when we need to, wherever we need to be. Uh, And, you know, our kids still get an education. We're not tied to them being, having to show up X number of days throughout the year. So that's something that is kind of, you know, unfolded in our life that just kind of seems to make sense with how things are structured. And and I'm excited about the opportunity to do that and to work part-time, you know, and then to be able to educate our children. And even the travel stuff, you know, with the with the bases that Seth can work and some of the international bases, you know, we have, we have goals of bringing our family with us when he's going to work uh, an international base in Italy or Spain or Germany. We'll go with him on some of those trips and just get to show our kids a whole world that, you know, neither of us had the opportunity to learn about growing up. So Cutco's really given us through so many different programs and 
areas of the business that he specialized in the federal program. And I'm leaning more into business gifts, which is easier to do from home. We've been able to kind of structure our lives in a way that we can sell, we can be productive, we can be challenged, we can be making money, we can be growing, but we can also be living our, our personal goals and you know our family goals and our travel goals and, and those kinds of things too. Outstanding. I love all that. I mean, to think about it from a perspective of kids being able to be, be raised by uh, entrepreneurial parents with the skill set and the mindset that you both have. And I can just imagine your kid's classroom being walking around a city in Europe one day and like that's that's so, so much greater than you know sitting in a second grade classroom yeah. in Minneapolis, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So just uh, so amazing. Seth, you said uh, you guys are curating the life of your dreams. It's clear that that's exactly what you're able to do and that Cutco has been that vehicle. It's really awesome to see that Cutco has opened that opportunity up for you with the flexibility, with the opportunity, with the income that you have. And uh, just been really fun hearing your guys' story and getting to know you guys today. I, I very much appreciate having had you guys as guests here on the podcast. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. This is fun. What a great conversation that was. I trust that you enjoyed this episode with Kelly and Seth Kinzer. Pretty cool to hear how they had two different stories at the outset of their Cutco selling days. Seth with the big fast start, big for summer. Kelly with the more modest results early on, but yet improved and learned and grew and had a fantastic experience her first summer as well. And has, of course, evolved into one of the top sales reps in the history of the company, just as Seth has. They both have worked on their craft, and that is very clear. They both described digging into different areas of the business and getting good at it, building a big customer base first, lots of demos, lots of service calls, focusing on new customers at events, building that customer base up first. That's key. Then, of course, learning how to work with that customer base, transitioning over to other areas of the business, such as the closing gift consultant role, business gifts role, which Kelly is learning a lot more about nowadays, just working on their craft to grow their skills, to grow the avenues that they have that they could use to produce results. I love how they complement each other as Seth being the sales leader, as Kelly put it, with Kelly being the business leader. That was pretty cool to hear. And then of course, Seth, saying that they're curating the life of their dreams. That was super inspirational. And to know that they're doing that through this quirky job selling knives. If you're working here and you're young and you're thinking about what you might do down the road and how you might parlay your Cutco experience onto bigger and better things, there are a lot of great opportunities out there. There are a lot of places you could go. But we also want you to know that you can stay here you can stay here and you can make a great life. You can make a great career. You can earn a superior income. You can learn a ton about dealing with people, connecting, becoming a great parent, being around other amazing individuals, and having a lot of fun while you're doing it. That's the essence of what our opportunity is all about. Kelly and Seth Kinzer are a wonderful reflection of the Cutco Selling Opportunity. I'm very grateful to have featured them here in this episode today. And I hope you had some fun listening. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 